98K News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The government promises to investigate the first death of a patient who recently received the BioNTech vaccine. Hong Kong reports another 13 COVID-19 cases, most of which were locally acquired, and the Legislative Council approves almost $3 billion in additional funding for Ocean Park. The government has reported the first known death of a patient here who had recently received the BioNTech vaccine and pledged to look into the case to ascertain if the jab had anything to do with the fatality. Damon Pang reports. An expert committee had previously assessed seven fatal cases involving people who had gotten the Sinovac vaccine and determined that there was no direct link with the inoculations. However, news of the fatalities had spooked many, causing a drop in Hong Kong's vaccination rates before the government broadened the eligibility of its inoculation program to anyone over 30 earlier this week. The Department of Health said in a statement that the latest case involved a 66-year-old patient who had a history of diabetes and hypertension. He was found passed out in a car in the morning and died after he was taken to Alice Homeuling Nathaso Hospital. Authorities say he had gotten his first dose of the BioNTech vaccine at a community vaccination centre in Shengshui three days earlier, but did not report feeling unwell. The department said the case would be referred to the expert committee for a more thorough assessment. Health authorities reported 13 new coronavirus cases infections today. Their 10 were locally acquired, four from an unknown source. One of them is a 62-year-old housewife who lives in Lam Tin. She regularly visited a Chinese restaurant near where she lives. A neighbour she came in contact with at the eatery, who has also tested preliminary positive for the virus. Dr Chuang Chuk-Kwan of the Centre for Health Protection said officials did not consider it as a restaurant outbreak. If two people go to the restaurant and have meals and both of them get infected, so this is not counted as a restaurant outbreak. It's just a person-to-person transmission. The neighbour who had um, uh, met the patient in the restaurant is also, a, uh, we think, a person-to-person transmission. We have not found other unrelated cases who just went to the restaurant and got infected at the moment. So we do not consider this as an outbreak in the restaurant. Fewer than 10 people have tested preliminary positive for the virus. In the evening, authorities locked down Tower 9 of La Splendeur at Lower Has Park in Chengkwano, where one of the confirmed patients live. All residents there will be required to get tested for COVID, with the government saying the lockdown should be lifted by 8 in the morning. LegCo's Finance Committee has overwhelmingly approved a $2.8 billion bailout for the struggling Ocean Park, even though many councillors voiced reservations about its redevelopment plans. One of them was roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen, who wasn't happy that a beach at a planned water park wouldn't actually have any sand. It's just an outdoor swimming pool. Without an artificial beach with sand, then it lessens the attraction. Whether they can still get 1.3 million visits every year, year after year, charging that amount of money, obviously I'm not as optimistic. My only concern is that the water park will eventually create a huge financial burden. If at the end it doesn't work, are they willing to scrap it? And that is something that government doesn't want to respond, and that's what I worry about. And it's going to be a, a huge black hole, keep sucking up more money in the future. Legislators have taken up a suggestion by Chief Executive Carrie Lam and have set up a LegCo subcommittee to help fast-track looming legal changes to Hong Kong's electoral system. Francis Sit reports. 
37 of the council's remaining lawmakers backed the idea at a House committee meeting with the new panel to move into a regular bills committee after the National People's Congress Standing Committee changes Annexes 1 and 2 of the Basic Law. Chen Chongtai from Civic Passion, who was the only LegCo member to oppose the panel move, said even though such an arrangement has been adopted before, it doesn't mean this is the right way of doing things. We still need to have a concrete document before we legally and legitimately start the formal procedure in Hong Kong. But the other lawmakers disagreed, saying the legislature is on a tight schedule and needs to vet the amendments before elections are held. Pro-government lawmaker Paul Chair said he couldn't accept Mr. Chang's claim that there is no legal document available on the matter, saying the decision laid down by the National People's Congress on March the 11th is already a solemn document. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The Food and Health Bureau has sent a warning letter to COVID testing contractor BGI Genomics after it was involved in a second blunder recently involving incorrect SMS messages. It says the glitch was to do with nearly 2,800 saliva samples taken between the 28th of February and the 2nd this month. Although none of the samples were positive for coronavirus, the Bureau said there was human error in data entry, such that SMS messages of the results were not sent in a timely manner. It says if the firm doesn't improve in the short run, the authorities will follow up in accordance with the contract. A top pro-establishment figure says he expects a new committee to vet candidates for public office will consist of about 20 people who are familiar with the basic law and not planning to run in any elections. Tam Yu Chong also says these should be respectable older figures of society. Wendy Wong has more. Hong Kong's sole delegate to the National People's Congress Standing Committee spoke about a new body to be set up as part of Beijing-led electoral reform as a sharing session with members of his own DAB party. Mr Tam said the screening panel will be made up of about 20 people who are respectable members of society. He also said there should not be any conflict of interests. They must not have plans to take part in any elections, or else there would be conflicts of interests. So I expect them to be of an older age. The pro-Beijing heavyweight added he agrees with suggestions that members should be nominated by the chief executive and appointed by the National People's Congress Standing Committee. Meanwhile, DAB chairwoman Starry Lee said lawmakers will work very hard to scrutinise the electoral changes to be tabled at LegCo ahead of the upcoming polls. She said she expects additional meetings to be held in the evenings, public holidays and LegCo summer break in order to get the work done. The President of the UK Supreme Court says he would not be prepared to serve or nominate any of his judges to sit on Hong Kong's Court of Final Appeal if judicial independence or the rule of law are undermined here. Lord Reid made the comments during a session with the Constitution Committee in the House of Lords. He was asked if Supreme Court judges could still continue to serve in Hong Kong following the introduction of the national security law and the proposed electoral changes. If there was any undermining of the independence of the Hong Kong judiciary, or if it was expected to act contrary to rule of law, or if simply the situation in Hong Kong became one where we could no longer in good conscience serve there, then I would no longer be prepared to serve or to nominate other judges of the court to serve there. 
Top Chinese diplomats clashed with their American counterparts in their first high-level exchange since President Biden took power, with both sides levelling sharp rebukes of the other's policies in a rare and fiery display in front of the media. The US Secretary of State Antony Blinken was blunt in outlining the US agenda in his opening remarks. I said that the United States relationship with China will be competitive where it should be, collaborative where it can be, adversarial where it must be. Uh, our discussions here in Alaska, in Alaska uh, I suspect, will run the gamut. Uh, our intent is to be direct about our concerns, direct about our priorities, with the goal of a more clear-eyed relationship between our countries moving forward. Top Chinese diplomat Yang Jiechi responded with a 15-minute speech telling Washington to stay out of China's internal affairs and worry about its own problems instead. He spoke through an interpreter. It is important for the United States to change its own image. We do not believe in invading through the use of force or to topple other regimes or to massacre the people of other countries because all of those would only cause turmoil and instability. The espionage trial of Canadian citizen Michael Spavo wrapped up in under three hours today with the court in Dundong to announce its verdict at a later date. Mr Spavo is one of two Canadians detained in late 2018, soon after Canadian police detained Meng Wanzhou, the chief financial officer of Chinese tech giant Huawei Technologies, on a US warrant. A senior official at the Canadian embassy, Jim Nicholl, said he wasn't allowed into court for the hearing. Uh, we're unable to have access to uh, to the courtroom. Uh, we were also unable to have access to uh, Michael Spaver himself before the trial. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it's, uh, the trial is now uh, concluded. Um, uh, there has been no uh, uh, there's been no pronouncement of a verdict. Uh, so that leaves it uh, remains unclear what has transpired in the courtroom. Uh, and we remain frustrated about that. Another Canadian detainee, former diplomat Michael Kovrig, is due to go on trial on Monday in Beijing. Canada has attacked the charges against its citizens as trumped up, while Beijing insists the prosecutions had nothing to do with Ms Meng's arrest. The Philippine president, Rodrigo Duterte, has used a public speech to say he would be happy to go to jail for the killing of human rights activists. His comments come a week after nine alleged le leftist group members were shot dead by state forces during a raid south of the capital, Manila. The BBC's Howard Johnson reports. The killings came two days after Mr Duterte ordered police and soldiers to kill all communists during operations and don't mind human rights. The country's vice president, Lenny Robredo, has described the killings as a massacre and labelled the government a murderous regime. Speaking at a government-backed anti-communist event, Mr Duterte told the audience he would be happy to go to jail if human rights activists are killed, adding, I am old, I won't live long in prison. The outburst comes after Civicus Asia Pacific, a coalition of human rights groups, said the Philippine government should be held accountable for the killings of activists. Security forces in central Myanmar are reported to have shot eight people dead during protests against last month's coup. Funeral service providers and witnesses in Ongbang said the victims were fired on when they resisted attempts to clear a barricade. Waves of people are fleeing Myanmar's biggest city of Yangon in the face of state violence and economic collapse.
North Korea says it will cut diplomatic relations with Malaysia after Kuala Lumpur decided to extradite a North Korean national to the United States to face money laundering charges. The businessman who lives in Malaysia is accused of supplying luxury goods from Singapore to Pyongyang in violation of United Nations sanctions. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports. Moon Chol Myung was arrested in Malaysia in December 2019 after being charged in the US with money laundering. Malaysia's top court ruled that he should be extradited to the US and denied his appeal. Pyongyang state media described the ruling as a super large hostile act which had been carried out in subservience to US pressure. The statement announced that North Korea would sever diplomatic ties with Malaysia and also warned the US that it will pay a due price for being the backstage manipulator and main culprit of this incident. Back locally, police have arrested 21 people over an alleged parking racket in Chimsa Choi and Yangmate, where the suspects are accused of forcing people to pay them to use public parking meters. Timmy Sung reports. Those arrested are aged between 19 and 57 and are suspected to have engaged in blackmailing, criminal intimidation and theft. Detectives said they began investigating last month after receiving a complaint. Officers alleged that the suspects claimed to offer parking services in streets near restaurants and blocked off nearby public parking meters with plastic chairs and traffic cones. Chief Inspector Tong Kam Wai said the suspects were charged drivers up to $60 for two hours of parking, compared with the meter fee of just $16. And if drivers refused to pay them, the gang would force them to leave. Police believe some of the suspects are triad members. They have all been released on bail pending further investigations. To sport now, with a look ahead to this weekend's English football action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. After their impressive win against AC Milan in the Europa League, Manchester United have another big test in a knockout competition this weekend. They take on Leicester City in the FA Cup quarterfinals in a game between the second and third place teams in the Premier League. Paul Pogba returned from injury to inspire United to victory at San Siro in Milan when he came on as a sub and he could start at the King Power Stadium. Meanwhile, Leicester star man Jamie Vardy is looking to end a run of just one goal in 15 games. Like Manchester United, Chelsea are also looking to follow up an impressive European performance when they play struggling Sheffield United in their FA Cup quarter-final. Premier League leaders Manchester City, meanwhile, are up against Everton. And there's a South Coast derby when Southampton meet Bournemouth, the only second-tier side left in the FA Cup. Elsewhere, there are three Premier League games this weekend. Tottenham are desperate for a win against Aston Villa after a dreadful defeat to Arsenal followed by crashing out of the Europa League. There's a crucial game in the relegation battle when Brighton hosts Newcastle and high-flying West Ham take on an improving Arsenal side in a London derby. And that is the news and sport from RTHK. No matter how fit we are, it is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated. Radio 3, live on the web.
getting us started for the second hour of the Late Show for this Friday, the 19th of March, 2021. That was Wham! with an exclamation mark in Club Tropicana. I'm Simon Wilson, in sitting in for Uncle Ray. The world's most durable DJ will return as soon as it's safe to do so. In the meantime, playing the music of the 50s through 80s for another 10 minutes or so. Then we'll slow things down. Right now it's Kid Creole and the Coconuts. It's a wonderful thing, baby. (laughs) 